So I say this, whether you're a health potential looking for restoring your health or whether you're someone looking to create a business, it all depends on knowing who you are, knowing what you value, and then deciding to choose to honor that. So if you have this goal of starting a practice, take some time, sit with your thoughts, reconnect to what your gut's telling you, what your heart's telling you, what your mind's telling you, and reconnect to that. Decide what you value, what you want to create, and then move forward with the choice to honor that. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life, exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence, persuasion, and getting others to say yes, and then taking an insight or two to help you achieve even greater things. I'm super excited about today's guest on the podcast, Jennifer Wheeler, founder and CEO of MindShift Health, a practice aligned around high-level functional medicine programs. And Jennifer is a family nurse practitioner and clinical physiologist by training, having completed advanced studies with the Institute for Functional Medicine and the School of Applied Functional Medicine. And the reason why I invited her on the podcast is to talk about her transition from a conventional medicine environment into private practice, functional medicine arena. And she's also mentoring countless practitioners on how to create a thriving practice that's truly aligned with who they are. And so Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm very excited to be here and chat with you today. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't we start with about your journey from traditional healthcare into the functional medicine arena and then go from there? Absolutely. So I... I'm definitely a learner by nature. I'm a dork where <laughs> I've been a go-getter my whole life and jumped from one degree to the next. So by the time I finished my fourth degree, I had two bachelors and two masters, and I ended up being a family nurse practitioner. So mm -hmm. my pathway eventually led there. All the things I feel like I've studied along the way supported that as well. And I was practicing family medicine in a rural town. I had two kids. I had just had my second daughter at the time and my body did not feel very well. I think all of the studying and the dedication to getting that next level and reaching that next goal really started to wear on me. I think both in my practice and physically, I started to go downhill. So I was just very frustrated with my body and just a little tidbit, my personal health story has a lot to do with how I ended up finding functional medicine. So I was the IBS diagnosis when I was a teen and just always a sensitive stomach. But as many people can relate, that all snowballed into hormone imbalance, major hormone imbalance, actually. We've had a lot of fertility issues in our story. So it ties in a lot of emotional connections as well. Um, and I ended up in this place where I was very frustrated with my body. My emotions were all over the place. And the easiest way to describe it is I just didn't feel like myself anymore, right? I didn't have that Jennifer, like who I felt like I was. I'm always a people person and I have energy and I enjoy connecting. And I didn't have that joy de vivre that I had throughout my life. And I was burnt out physically, emotionally. My body was exhausted. I was depleted in nutrients after having kiddos. And in the clinical environment, I was also highly frustrated. I had taken over for a physician who prescribed a lot of pain medications and benzos. And 
that's really the role that I had stepped into in primary care because of the area that I lived. And I knew that my approach had always been very holistic, no matter what role I was in, whether I was in the fitness industry, I did a lot of exercise testing for athletes. I'd always had this holistic approach. And so in primary care, I tried to infuse that, but I just kept hitting walls. I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to have time more than just 10 minutes to talk with the patient about, well, what are the meds? What's going on? But how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Are you cooking any of your meals? You're sitting down at the table with your family eating your meals and wanting to dive deeper into their symptoms as well. So it really was this duality of what was going on in my personal health, but then also my frustration. I had gone to specialists and the recommendations for me were Miralax and birth control. And I'm like, well, these aren't answers. This is just Mm -hmm. more of the cover up approach. And so of course, in Jennifer fashion, I dove deeper, I began to research and I, that's when I discovered this functional medicine approach, right? Mm -hmm, Which mm -hmm. at the time was new to me. I had heard integrative medicine. I heard of this more holistic approach, bringing in some of the Eastern modalities, but I had no idea what this functional medicine was, this root cause approach. So I did testing. I tested my stool. I tested my nutrient levels. I tested some of my genetics and found out why I wasn't detoxing well. And I was able to find answers. And that was literally the beginning of my healing journey. But then also once I experienced that, mm-hmm. knew that this is where I was going with my practice. And so I, did you then do jump into the training with IFM and SFAFM or at what point did you launch yeah. MindShift and extract yourself from primary care? That's a great question. I started out some training right away with IFM. And actually, I was sitting on the bank of the Chicago River and flown out there with my husband to see Van Morrison live for the first time. And I said to him, I'm going to leave my very secure <laughs> primary care NP role and I'm going to start my own practice. Are you ready? <laughs> and he said, okay, and supported me the whole way. But basically, I had done some studies and then really began to dive into business creation as well and decided to open my own practice. So it all happened at that time. Now, did you seek out mentorship at that point, launching your own practice or talk me through this part of launching a practice? Because of course, a lot of our listeners, they are thinking about, do I make the jump or they're in the early stages of making that transition and the road to create a thriving practice. There's a lot of learning that is going on there. And I know you're a big fan of mentorship. So let's talk about this one. How did you fast track this? Or what would be your advice to your younger self when it comes to launching a practice? Yeah, this is good. And I have a lot of people actually reach out to me on the social platforms asking me this. And I love talking about it because it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be in the traditional model and know that you're patients need more and know that there's millions of people out there that are looking for this. So for those practitioners that know they want to integrate these things, it's wide open, right? So because it was my fourth degree and I had already done a lot of studying, I knew I wanted to fast track it. That's literally why I hired a mentor. I didn't want to spend all of this time researching it. At the time, I thought it was a very high investment. I didn't realize that in the entrepreneur world, we invest in these things all the time. But it was my first major investment and it was a mentorship program that was a little bit more of a group focus. And there was a lot of great things about it. But in the end for myself, I created this practice that was built upon a little bit more of a cookie cutter approach that 
here's what I did. And so you can do this too. And it really didn't have anything to do with Jennifer, who I am and what I wanted to bring to life. And so what I created when I first started was great. It has absolutely evolved, but I did not feel that when I first launched the practice, I didn't feel as passionate about it as I do now. Now I primarily support female entrepreneurs or women that are leading businesses, running businesses. I primarily work with women. I often will sometimes take on the couple and work with their husband as well. (laughs) So they're the executive husband, but, and it's all about vitality and longevity, health optimization. We do a lot of cellular restoration and I'm really digging into biological age reversal. I love the cellular health conversation, but none of that would have evolved or happened had I not taken a step back and reconnected with myself and who I am and what I wanted to bring to life. And so, yes, I started with a mentor and launched my practice, but the evolution of that, I think is probably what's really important for those that are listening that are looking to start a practice to think about, right? We have to create a practice that's built upon what we value, what we're good at, what we're passionate about teaching. And it's not here's business and here's life. It's this business and life integration, right? It's the integration of how you want to live and creating a business that's going to support that. In your case, as you mentioned before we started the podcast, it is a rather low volume practice and approach. So just want to shift the conversation a little bit more onto the business side and saying, okay, so what are the hallmarks of high-performing practice or successful practice from your vantage point, from everything that you've integrated over the last decade, if you could distill it down for you personally, what is the most important ingredients that we have to think about? Yeah. And like you said, we are lower volume. So in MindShift Health, when we're under the evolution of my business evolved to Jennifer Wheeler. So there's more of a thought leadership because I don't just talk about functional medicine. I love to teach about the power of intentional living. Here you are, who are you? What's important to you? And are you choosing to honor that with your choices Mm -hmm. every day? Are you choosing to honor who you are and what you value? And that goes for business too. So literally if I have a business client or a health client, the very first thing we do is we ground our values, right? So that is part of what makes the business successful. But in our boutique practice, what that means is there's just less volume. And as a practitioner, you can start a practice that's higher volume, that's maybe somewhere in the middle or that's smaller volume, right? And whether, which road you choose to go down is going to be based upon what your vision is, what you want to bring to life. There is no one right way. You could have a bigger vision to reach a specific population, right? Or maybe the offering suite that you're going to create really needs to be a longer program because you're going to accomplish this specific goal. So then you're going to have a less volume practice, but maybe a higher ticket offer. I think the most important thing to the success of creating the practice is really honing in on the vision. And the vision is always going to be grounded in who you are, what you value, 
what you're good at. So what you're good at teaching, what's your education based upon, and then is there a market for this? We have to think about, is this actually something that people want to invest in? And then I would say the second thing I consider is the simplicity and organization of the systems, right? So everything that is setting up the business for it to flow. That was another thing when I did my mentorship, there was certain things that were recommended, but they weren't recommended for my practice and my approach. They were just recommended. So then I was left with all of this research to do, which I don't mind, but (laughs) I love doing research. I don't mind, but I had to figure it out and figure out what worked for me, right? What allowed me to not spend hours every day with social media stuff or hours every day with the email sequence or documentation, documentation on my clients and how do we onboard the client? So the systems are really important. See, that's true to my heart as a very system focused person that if you don't have systems, you don't really have a business or you don't have predictability. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I knew you'd like that one. And there's probably so much that you could still teach me as well. I continuously sign up for your training. They're always really good. Yeah. So I think about the systems. I think about aligning it with who you are, what's important, what you want to teach. And then there comes this authenticity, integrity piece and how you're showing up, right? And where you're getting clients from. So the success of the business is going to depend on how you get clients, where the clients are coming from. And we chatted a little bit about this. Depending upon the volume, that's going to depend on your strategy to get clients. So a higher volume practice is, of course, going to have to use a different strategy in obtaining clients or client referrals than a lower volume practice. So in my boutique model, most of the clients that come to me are either through a referral or somebody I've worked with who's talked to someone and sent someone my way. I also talk to a lot of people on foot. So just being yourself, right? So I met a client at a popcorn stand. I met a client at a yard sale and I'm not talking about buying a course. This is a five-figure program I sold to a client I met at a popcorn stand, a five-figure program I sold to a client I met at a yard sale. And it was a conversation about health and what they were struggling with and what I do. And that's all that sales is. All it is understanding what someone's struggling with, what their desired outcome is, and figuring out if what you offer and what you teach can help to support that outcome. Or if you want to flip the vision there, the visual, you're good at teaching this. This is what your program focuses on. This is the outcome that your program provides. And then you listen to what the client's struggling and you see if they fit in there. Is it a good fit? And that's all that the sale is. So I think a lot of practitioners struggle too when they're creating this business and they're thinking about the success of it and how do I find clients and the stress of it. It really keeps them from becoming successful because they do stress out so much about it. And it's not, it it can be very simple. Figuring out, really honing in on who you help And then figuring out if that person in front of you is a good fit for it. In your experience, though, you mentioned you started out with group coaching or group mentorship. Do you feel that's really then the right vehicle or framework for people to really figure out their vision? Or do you believe it really requires much more of a one-on-one relational aspect with your mentor, with your coach to truly get to this? Because I always find that in a group setting, people don't want to speak up and really dig into and explore this obviously for them it's i find 
not very clear what their vision is or where they want to go in the first place. Yeah. And I'll speak candidly in my first investment, I didn't feel that my mentor really got to know me at all. If the person helping you to create a business doesn't really get to know you, how then can you help that person create an authentic business? We're not here forever. Mm. So most of us are here doing a career change. We want to create something that's meaningful. We don't want to just create a cookie cutter program that has nothing to do with who we are because we're going to get tired of it. It's not going to feel aligned and it's not going to be successful because it's not aligned. When I invested in my second program, I guess I didn't learn the first time. It was another group program, (laughs) but it did have some one-to-one components to it. But it was more business focused because I did find that I loved the business side of things as well. Mm -hmm. But I did find myself in another situation where I was just implementing strategies from more of a, okay, this is what we teach everybody to do type of approach and didn't work. I felt unheard, frustrated, and I was spinning my wheels, spending, I spent over a year trying to implement all this stuff. And it didn't align. I was just more, even more stressed. So my breakthrough and what allowed me to not only get to that next level in my business, but this has also actually helped me personally is when I worked one-on-one with my mentor, her name is Danielle. And we do still check in with each other. She's based in Australia. And she was the first person, the first mentor for me that sat took the time. And when we first started working together, she did exactly what I do now with my clients. She sat with me and we landed my values. And it wasn't just about business. It was about what I value in my life. We talked about family. We talked about the time that I like to spend with my kids around the dinner table, just cooking meals together, slower living, more intentional living. And my business was refined to reflect that. And then I peeled back the layers and was like, well, I basically created this business and yes, I was seeing success, but not in the way that I wanted to in a very stressful way. So I wanted to reframe everything to align with what I just landed in working with her. And so that one-to-one experience for me combined with what I had learned all along the years in all of the things that had failed and didn't work and the things that I tried I took all of that and infused it together to really create my approach in business mentorship. And there's not a lot of one-to-one programs out there. And yes, it takes a lot of my energy. And I only work with a couple people at a time because I'm really there connecting, right? And I'm holding space and I'm saying, tell me who you are. Let me get to know you. And then let's create a business that feels aligned for you, that you can believe in. Because when you believe in your business and it feels good, you're going to show up in the right way and the right people are going to come in. That's just how it works. There's two things I definitely want to make sure we hit upon. <laughs> One, obviously, I am super impressed by your website. We're going to put it in the show notes, jenniferwheeler.co. Visually and from that branding aspect, it just reflects, wow, this is premium and sets you you apart. So I want to talk about the importance of branding, when you realized it, how you decide to invest in it. And then the second thing I want to touch on, very apparent from your website too, you know, you mentioned this previously, having an offering suite and the containers that you provide. So I see there's retreats, there's VIP days. You have these cool names that feel decidedly different from what a conventional practice would do. A conventional practice is like, okay, you have an intake, you have a three-month program, 
and then you have an ongoing membership. And I think you give people different containers to choose from that seem to match with what they're looking for. So let's maybe start there, how you figured out the different program modules that you could deliver to really align what your patients, your clients are looking for with how you want to deliver it. Yeah, that's the exciting part. And that all came with the evolution of my practice as well. So just refining the offering suite, elevating it to a place that was really meeting what our clients were looking for. And I think it's a good place to mention. So I'm a musician. First, my first love is music, not medicine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely have this artist creative side. And I think that's what I wanted to come out. That was after that realignment. I wanted that to come out in my website. So a website's this expression that someone's going to get to know who you are and what your practice is all about. So let's just infuse that with who you are. Let's not make it just look like everyone else's. And the same thing goes for the offering suite, right? So I love to get creative with the offering suite to, again, it's coming back though to thinking about who that aligned client avatar is. So you have to define the avatar Mm. client you're going to work with, know what their struggles are, what the goal is, what are they looking to achieve in working with you? And then when you create the offering suite, you're answering the question of, well, how do they get there? And You know, typically I'll recommend my clients start with a one-on-one type offer because that's how you really get to know your client, right? There's a sea of theme here. (laughs) That's how you get to know them. And then you get to see what they really are experiencing, what life is like for them, and then start to build upon the offering suite and offer things like group programs or a course. But it makes sense that you want to start with a one-to-one offer because you're getting to know them and then you get to know how to build your course, what to teach in your course, how to take a group of people through it if you've taken one person through it and then the next and then the next successfully. And then the other offers that I have on there, like the wellness revival retreat, it's going to be in South Florida in the fall. And then the gut revival, the other offers and the different things, again, are based upon who the practitioner is where their creative juices flow and what their passions are. So not everybody has to offer the same model. I love in-person stuff. I have a friend and colleague who does marketing for functional medicine, and she does not want to see anyone in person. She wants to be behind, not even on the Zoom, just the voice. You have to understand who the person is and what their strengths are. So when you're creating a business as a practitioner, you don't have to do it like everyone else. Let's pull out your strengths. And let's create the offering suite based upon what it is that you're good at and what makes you feel alive and connected to your client. Yeah. And for everyone listening, definitely recommend you check out Jennifer's website. And if you feel so inspired, connect with her and see if there's a good fit too. I definitely recommend this. I love what you do, Jennifer, working with so many practitioners to help them figure out how to create change in the world and live life on their own terms with intention. So when it comes to investing in a practice, and you said you invested tons of resources and time into it, but where do you feel when you start working with practitioners? Do you feel there's a misconception? How much does it really take? Or is it people like to make it sound it's easy just do this Mm -hmm. but then when it comes really to the core of being an entrepreneur it it still takes work and so I think can we talk a little bit about the real numbers yeah what do people really have to invest 
in order to get a practice off the ground in terms of time, money, and effort? Yeah, I think it depends on, again, who you're going to work with and what their approach is. If you're doing something that is self-paced, so I have a lot of business mentorship clients come to me that have maybe purchased a course that's a self-paced start your business with this course, and they just end up confused or they've tried different things or it's not working. So I think a lot of time is wasted trying out all these different avenues. But I think in terms of the amount of time it takes to launch the practice is really going to depend on what avenue you take to launch it. So there's courses I know out there that guide you through launching a practice. There's probably like middle of the tier, like we talked about group programs. And then I think the one-on-one mentorship is meant to keep everything a little bit more organized, refined, strategic, and clear to your personal goals. So it is designed to save time, energy, and money. I mean, the self-led courses, I think maybe I've seen some out there for like around $2,000. And I know mentorships can run upwards of $30,000, $40,000, depending on who you work with. I know that when starting a business, you have to think of it as a business investment. You are starting a new business and there's absolute potential. I know my first year, even with all of those snafus, I know I reached six figures in my first year and then just continue to elevate from that point. So it is possible. It does take the belief that you can do it. So mindset is huge and important. And that's why it's also good to work with a mentor who's going to support you because I've had countless times I've needed to shift my mindset to believe in myself, to get over the imposter syndrome, to get through all those things. And mm-hmm. now I hear them on the flip side to those people working with me. And I'm like, it's all right. I got you. You're going to be good. We're going to work <laughs> on this. And I've been there. I get it. It's crazy to think about that that was where I was and here I am now. It almost feels like the hidden part of the iceberg that people look at launching a practice as the brass text, the here's what you need to do in terms of your technology and this and the vision. But then this whole part of the mindset and money mindset, especially the fear of sunk costs. And all of this is snowballing into something that takes a lot of work to unpack. And I think this is probably one of the areas where DIY courses, you just being in your own echo chamber, you're never going to get over this hump. You need that community, that one-on-one support from a mentor to really talk through it in a sensible way. And I guess full disclosure on my end, for three years back, we were more a tech company delivering solutions for practitioners. And then I realized, well, this is not very functional medicine-like because we're missing really the strategic personalization to really connect what do they really want and need Mm -hmm. and how do my marketing solutions match onto this? Because we could obviously create anything they wanted, but it was only when you add that layer of one-on-one personalized support that people really felt, okay, we're now co-creating something together that I actually want versus picking something off the rack and then just deploying it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you guys had that evolution. And one thing that made me think of too, is there's no, again, even though I do one-to-one, somebody might fit better with a group model. Mm -hmm. I actually had a connect call with a incredible woman yesterday who wants to start her own practice. And Again, it's just figuring out if it's a good fit. So I said, this is what I do. I do one-to-one because I fully believe in it. And I have this approach organized and I'm going to get to know you and we're going to create a practice based upon you. But some people, 
you know, might connect better with a mm -hmm. course that might be just what they want at the time. You just have to really think about what's going to get you to the goal, to the end result that you want. And it does take time and it does take effort. And so any mentor out there that's telling you, okay, this is a walk in the park and we're just going to poof, create a business out of nowhere. It's silly, but better to be working hard on something that you truly believe in. Right. And that's yeah. based upon something very, that you're very passionate about and that you want to create in life than to be just repeating what somebody else did. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I really want to thank you for sharing all these wisdoms. I know we could talk a lot more, a lot longer about all kinds of aspects, but for those of you listening, we're going to put all the links into the show notes. And as is the custom, I usually let the guests have the last words. So <laughs> if you think about everything that we covered, what would you want to leave people with as they sort of try to create or reinvent their practice? What should be their North Star or what should they consider in moving forward? Yeah. So I say this, whether you're a health potential looking for restoring your health or whether you're someone looking to create a business, I say the same exact thing because we're trying to reach a goal and it all depends on knowing who you are, knowing what you value, and then deciding to choose to honor that. So if you have this goal of starting a practice, take some time, sit with your thoughts, reconnect to what your gut's telling you, what your heart's telling you, what your mind's telling you, and reconnect to that. Decide what you value, what you want to create, and then move forward with the choice to honor that. And so if you're talking to someone or if you're looking at programs on what program to do to learn more about functional medicine, if you're looking to consider who to work with to support your vision and creating a practice, take a breath before you get on those calls, recenter yourself to who you are and what you value and what you want to create, and then move forward with that interaction because then you'll be connected to what your desire is and what your gut instinct is telling you and how to move forward. So it becomes much more clear and much more aligned and you can move forward in knowing that is what's meant for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for those words of wisdom and for everyone else listening. We'll see you on next week's episode. I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life and certainly in business because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision-making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Isalo. See you next week.